The ABC's Word Wizard. The Lord of Language. A word in your ear with Professor Rolly Sussex. It's that time of the day. The ABC's Word Wizard, Rolly Sussex, OAM, Emeritus Professor from the School of Languages and Cultures at the University of Queensland, is here willing and able to talk to you about words, language and linguistics. Rolly Sussex, welcome back to Queensland. Thank you. Where in the world am I? West of (laughs) Brisbane, actually. West of Brisbane, that's right. Well, Um, in the western suburbs, just where I live. Not quite as far sort of west as I am, though, Rolly. I beat you today no. coming from Harrisville in the scenic rim, approximately oh, yeah. 86 clicks from where you are right now as the crow flies. And I am just enjoying the natural beauty of this area. Did you know there are six national parks in the scenic rim, Rolly? And uh, I'm wow. no meteorologist, but I'm looking around at the clouds that are gathering above me, uh, a bit of light coming through. And if I was an artist, dare I say, if I was a charo curist, I would have an absolute field day capturing all the colour, the light, the shade and the gorgeous natural beauty of the scenic rim. So that's what I can see. Uh, you, however, are here to have a word with us about language and linguistics. Rolly, what's on your mind this afternoon? I was just reflecting on what we've been doing for the last four weeks. You know, where in the world am I? And each time you were able to use a single language, you know, Finnish or Estonian or Polish or German or or English dialects in Huddersfield. But that wouldn't have worked in a country like Belgium, say, where they've got two national languages, which is French and Flemish. That's a dialect of Dutch. Or in Switzerland, where they've got four, French, German, Italian and Romance. Or Canada, where they've got two, English and French. Or New Zealand, where they've got three, English, Maori and sign language. I'm not sure how we do sign language on radio. I'm still thinking about that. Um, Or South Africa, which has 11 official languages. So we we were actually having a slightly easier run than it might have been if I'd been in some of those countries. Talking about travel as you have been rolling and you roll in, you have been doing quite a bit of travel, probably not on camelback however, at any juncture. No. no. Uh, can I ask you, what is the difference between a camel and a dromedary, Rolly? Is there one? Ah. Well, Ogden Nash once said, a camel has a single hump, the dromedary too, or else the other way around. I'm never sure. Are you? He <laughs> <laughs> uh, was, problem. in fact, rather confused because camel covers both the, the ones with one hump and the ones with two humps. Um, And the ones with two humps are are called the Bactrian camel, B-A-C-T-R-I-A-N. I've seen them in China and the western deserts of China, and uh, they're the Asian camel. And the ones that you're probably looking at are single-humped ones, which are dromedaries, and they're called the Arabian camel or the rapid camel. Uh, And their name, I think, has got, the Latin name has got the word fast in it. The, The dromedary bit is from a Latin word from Greek meaning speedy. And I can just see you riding a camel cat. I really can. I gave it a go at the Mount Isa show one year, Rolly, and it was an experience mm. I was keen to repeat today, but I was told because of workplace oh. health and oh. safety I wasn't allowed on the back of the camels that I see before me, sadly. Uh, but anyhow, here we are. We've talked travel, we've talked camels, and you've discussed the, um, <laughs> the finer points of multilingual nation- nations. But, Rolly, we've got to get to your callers who are all eager to speak to you. I am Christopher, and I'm from Cleveland. Christopher, do you have a word for Mr. Rolly Sussex? Well, I've got two words, actually. One is vulnerable with an L, mm-hmm. and one is vulnerable without an L. 
oh, which yes. is right, which is wrong, and why is vulnerable so popular these days? Okay. Um, vulnerable is the only uh, proper one, and everybody should be saying it. The trouble with vulnerable is that there are two consonants in the middle of the word. There's an L and an N. And when that happens, uh, the first of the two consonants is sometimes left out. Think of Arctic and Arctic, and even Australia and Australia, because a lot of people, including a lot of our politicians, say Australia, um, and they could should surely be able to pronounce the name of our country. But that's a, it's a general pattern of weakening of consonant. It's slightly harder to say vulnerable. You have to do a bit more work with your tongue and lips and articulating organs. And in a hurry, or with a lot of people, they just sort of leave the L out and it becomes a habit. So there's your answer. Say vulnerable and draw a line in the sand. <laughs> Thanks, Rowley. Thank you okay. very much, Christopher of Cleveland, who has turned out to see all of the action of our live radio broadcast from the Summerland Camel Farm in Harrisville on the scenic rim this afternoon. Good to have your company, Christopher. Thank you. Uh, to Townsville now, where Jane has been patiently waiting on the phone to speak with you, Rolly. G'day, Jane. Go ahead. Hi, Rolly. I'm just asking a question about um, the word nepotism. Mm. So it seems to have changed over time. Initially, it seems to have um, just meant family. Now it mm -hmm. seems family and friends. And when I've looked in dictionaries, the older dictionaries sort of stayed with family, but the, early, the, the later ones are now saying it means family and friends. Has it changed? And when did it change? It has changed. It's been drifting ever since we got it from the French about the 17th century. It comes from Latin. The word nepos, N-E-P-O-S, is a nephew in Latin. And so it means that you're favouring your nephew. And a lot of people did, uh, you know, in the course of history, give jobs to, to family. But it spread from nephew to family to associates to friends. And so nepotism is doing favours or finding advantageous things for people who are not part of the general public but who have some special link to you. So you're dead right. It's, it's weakened. It's become much more general. And it's no less bad than it was when it was first uh, produced. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Jane. Tatanamera, Rolly now, and Jim. Hello, Jim. What's on your mind? Oh, g'day. Rolly, um, the... S-C-O-U-R-G-E. I've always mm. pronounced that as scourge. Now, yes. high-flying American the other day made a major speech, and he called it scourge. And uh, <laughs> I'd never... And I'd had a bit of a look online, and I can't even line that up with an American pronunciation. No. Um, it, it's, it's scourge, and it comes from scourge. a French word for a thong or a whip, which was borrowed from Latin. And scourge, uh, well, the... You've got to ignore the R for a start to try and get any owl sound out of that. And sorry, yeah. that's downright wrong. Yes, I thought it might have been. I thought I'd check with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Americans have got a number of pronunciations we need to watch out for, like basil and oregano, uh, but also error. And error in American English is E-R-A, which we would call era. Era, and yeah. Yep, that's right, error for them and so you do need to pay attention when Americans are speaking they've got some very well established differences of pronunciation unfortunately there's a lot more of them than there are us and they're likely to win out so we've got to watch out <laughs> they seem to be at the moment anyway oh yeah oh yeah okay thanks Rolly. Hey. thanks Jim Rolly, I, I have to admit I'm uh 
Listening to you whilst enjoying the uh, fruits of the labours of Lana Bissett, uh, our chef from Flutterby Gourmet Creations, who oh, not has fair. worked some magic with the mushrooms from Matt Davis's uh, Scenic Rim Mushroom Farm. Beautiful pasta mm-hmm. with the um, extraordinary uh, mushrooms and herbs and and I'm really enjoying this, and I'm wondering whether you had a favourite meal on your incredible European tour, Rolly. Any uh-huh. any good food stories for us? Yeah, well, um, as far as mushroom goes, um, I was married to a Pole. Unfortunately, she's no longer with us. But Polish people know about wood mushrooms. Now, there are at least two sorts which will kill you, but the rest have a fantastic, intense flavour. It's a bit like the difference between grouse and chicken. So going out and getting real mushrooms, pan-frying them with a little bit of white wine uh, is one of the great pleasures of, of gastronomy. The other one that I had when I was away was a goulash um, oh, in, um, in a, a town about an hour north of Berlin. And it was, it was a thick, deep, dark Hungarian with some German elements in it. And I'm going back to that place again. This was something to remember. Well, it sounds delicious. Um, and I'm just uh, enjoying the uh, the puns that continue to pour into the text line in relation to our broadcast location this afternoon. Uh, coming to you from the Summerland Camel Farm on the Scenic Rim as part of Eat Local Month. Damien at Maudsland, Rowley, says that he always thought the place that they milked the camels was called the dromedary. All right. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Damien. Keep your texts coming. To Cairns. Now, Rowley and Mark. Hello, Mark. Hello, Rowley. How are you? Hello there. Rolly, I just have a question on name pronunciations from different countries. Yep, If you ahead. come from a country like Italy where, you know, the city may be called uh, Roma or Venetia, mm-hmm. here in Australia or in the Western world, we pronounce that as Rome or Venice. Yes. Uh, and overseas with Australia, the different countries have different pronunciations for that. Why is that? Ah, it's because the names of well-known places have been anglicised, which means they've been given an English pronunciation. But that's not only anglicised. Um, places you know, which are well-known uh, have sometimes multiple names. Uh, Warsaw is Varsovie in French and Warszawa in Polish uh, and Warschau in German. And Bratislava, which is the capital of Slovakia, used to be part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, and it was called Pressburg in the, by German speakers and Pozsony by Hungarian speakers. So this is a uh, something which happens depending on which country you are in and when you're talking about someone else's uh, usually cities, uh, towns, but also rivers. The, the Thames is Tamiz in French, for example. And uh, it depends. I, I try and uh, be courteous to say the French, and when I'm in France, I, I will even say Londres for London rather than London. But in Australia, I think if you if you said Roma and Venezia, people would think you were pulling their leg perhaps or trying to put on airs. So that Rome and Venice are our accepted pronunciations of these places. And they, they can actually change, you know. I mean, Beijing is now, uh, sorry, Beijing was Peking before. And uh, Mumbai was Bombay, and Myanmar was Burma. So, you know, people, and Turkey, by the way, has become Turkey quite recently. So sometimes we are using our versions, and as in the case of Turkey, we're paying them the compliment of using their pronunciation of their country. 
There you have it, Mark. It's a bit confusing, I'm afraid. (laughs) Good question, Mark. Thank you very much. Uh, Forest Lake is where we find David. Uh, G'day, David. What's on your mind? Hello. Hello, Kat. This is, can you hear me? Loud and clear. David, loud and clear. This is my first time in 72 years ringing up the radio. Hey, David, if only I was in the studio, I'd whip the marching band out of the box, but unfortunately they're on (laughs) holiday today. They didn't make it to the camel farm. But thank you very much for giving us a call. What prompted you to get on the telephone today of all days? Well, um, I arrived home from shopping and uh, I heard uh, the first thing I did when I turned the radio on was hear you asking the difference between a camel and a dromedary. Mm-hmm. And uh, 11 years ago, my wife and I returned from China after five and a half years where we taught English in Chinese universities in mm-hmm. Xi'an, where the terracotta warriors yes. are, and yes. a, place further, a place further north called Yinchuan, up near mm-hmm. the border with Inner Mongolia. And we went, I went to a zoo uh, in dreadful condition, but that's another story, and I saw a Bactrian... B-A-C-T-R-I-A-N, camel with the two humps for that's the it. first time in my life. Yep, yep. They, they are, they are, that's the Asian camel, and you'll find yes, them... Yes, I, I heard your explanation before, uh, yep. Professor Riley, and uh, that, thank you for that. When I saw this backfin camel, it, uh, they had children sitting in the front of the first hump, in yes. the middle between the two humps, and mm-hmm. one at the back uh, having their photo taken. With a stationary backfin camel. That'll be it. And the one on the back will be hanging on like mad. Well, I think a parent may have had his or her hand behind <laughs> the back one to hold, or, mm. or unless that back child was hanging on to the second hump. Possibly. Camels have yeah. got extraordinary powers of managing very high temperatures. Uh, I saw them in the desert in western China in temperatures of 51, so that's yes. centigrade, and they didn't seem to be too much bothered. Uh, I was. <laughs> yeah, this one was standing still, and the mm-hmm. caretaker just had it by a rope, and it was uh, it was perfectly calm. It could have been oh, yeah. a hundred years old, but uh, it was a poor darling of a thing. And uh, so that, that's all I did. I did ring up just to clarify with Cat that oh, dromedary and Bactrian are both camels. That one has one hump, dromedary, and one has two humps. But now that I've got you on the phone, I'll ask you about an English word. Uh, caricature. Yes. I, I had a. I was a pastor in a church once, and mm-hmm. my senior pastor, who was a Dutchman, pronounced that caricature. Oh no. Yes. Sorry. So uh, was that a is that a funny Dutch pronunciation, or was he just guessing? I think he was guessing it is caricature, and caricature is a, is a description of something where you pick out certain prominent features and exaggerate them so that it comes out a bit a bit grotesque. And so a lot of comics are caricatures because they, you know, will pic- picture someone's nose or chin or teeth or whatever, and that becomes a kind of way of identifying them in a distorted picture. Caricature, definitely. Political cartoons in the papers. Thank yes, you. Right. That's right. David, I'm just so glad uh, you were prompted to call to explain the difference yeah. uh, between the, the one hump, the two hump, Camel dom- dromedary. Of course, we all remember Alice. The camel had no humps because Alice was, in fact, 
a horse. On ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland, I'm Kat. <laughs> Professor Rolly Sussex is with you, having a word in your ear. We'll keep things moving because we want to get to as many of you as we possibly can this afternoon uh, before our time with Rolly comes to an end. Uh, to Airlie Beach now and Murray. G'day, Murray. What's up? Yep, um, two words, Oka and Yobbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do they come from and uh, what's the meaning? Okay. Um, Oka, these are both very much Australian. Oka um, is probably an alteration of the word Oscar. Um, and there was a character in Australian television uh, around about 1960-something uh, who was a bit, a bit rough. And so that's probably where we get we get it from. And so it's it's an eponym, which is a term for something which is named after someone. Um, yobbo is uh, British and Australian, and it's another word for a yob, uh, which actually was originally boy backwards. And so a yob is a rude and aggressive and noisy young fella. And anyone who behaves in a vulgar way can be called a yob, but it was originally boy. One of the very few words in English, by the way, that is is backwards on itself. <laughs> well, that's Australia for you. Isn't there it? you go. Oh, look, Australians love playing with words. And, uh, you know, we will, we will endlessly uh, create word puzzles for people from overseas. Thank you, Murray. I, I've just been sitting here thinking about the Australian language that has everything to do with flies, Rolly, because there are a fair few uh, oh, flies yes. buzzing around uh, yeah. the, uh, the, the camel farm. We probably have a couple of choice expressions to describe the action that you mount when you try and swat a fly. Hey, Rolly, a little later we'll be catching up with, uh, with some kids, and I don't mean children of humans. I do oh. mean kids. But yes. I did wonder, at what point did we start referring to to human children as as kids instead of children because you do hear it a lot now and I know my granddad would always uh, get a bit of a bit of a uh, his backup every time mm-hmm, he heard mm-hmm. a human child referred to as a kid when when did all that start to happen it started when i was a kid uh, in melbourne <laughs> in the 50s and it's been getting stronger ever since to the point where how many kids have you got sounds a very a standard thing how many children do you have sounds a little bit too careful these days so kid has now become the default way of referring to your offspring, unless you're being rather careful, polite, or in, in, in rather, rather upmarket company. Uh, so that it's, it's one, one of these things which has shifted, like guy, which has shifted from male to include females, and then to be also used for females only. They happened quite quickly in the last 30, 40 years, and they've established themselves in an unshakable position. Rolly, it's so wonderful to have you back in Queensland. It really enjoyed travelling with you around the world. But have you time for us uh, with your last word now before you continue your travels for today? Well, the travels for today are going to be sedentary. I'm going to enjoy that. But here, here we go, because English is perverse. And the last word goes like this. Why do we have noses that run and feet that smell? Oh, I don't Ooh. know. Why? 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 It's English being cranky again. Does your nose run? 
Sometimes it does, Rolly, like my refrigerator, and I used to have to run after it. On ABC Radio, Brisbane and <laughs> Queensland, Professor Rolly Sussex, your Lord of Language, uh, joining you every Thursday afternoon for a word in your ear. Just remember, Thursdays are words days. If you can't wait until next week at 2 o'clock for a bit of wordplay with Rolly, then all you need to do is make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can find it through the ABC Listen app or wherever you find your podcasts. That's the Word in Your Ear podcast with Professor Rolly Sussex. Rolly also pretty active on social media. You can join the community on Facebook. ABC.